Hey, faithful listener. Welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of John. Well, hello there and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and I'm so excited that you chose to tune into this podcast this morning. It's just been really encouraging to see the growth of the podcast and um, the amount of people that are very thirsty for God's word. So we're going to be reading actually a fantastic portion of scripture this morning, John chapter 17. And this is Jesus's prayer for himself, for God's glory, and for everybody who is going to believe in him. So basically you and me. Yes, Jesus prayed for you. So we're going to be breaking up this prayer and talking about each section over the next few days. So the first section I'd like to read is John 17 verses 1 through 11, where this part is talking about Jesus bringing glory to God the Father. I'm going to be reading this out of the WEB as I usually do. Please feel free to grab the version that you prefer and also your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And let's jump in. Jesus said these things, then lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, so he will give eternal life to all whom you have given him. This is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and him whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth. I have accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. I revealed your name to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you have given them to me. They have kept your word. Now they have known all the things. Whatever you have given me are from you. For the words which you have given me, I have given to them, and they received them, and knew for sure that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I don't pray for the world, but for those whom you've given me, for they are yours. All things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them through your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are. This is such a beautiful prayer. First, Jesus starts talking about glorifying the Father through what he's about to accomplish on the cross. And then he starts praying basically for his own disciples and everybody else who is following Jesus at that time. There's actually a few verses in this that have really stuck out to me. So I'm going to talk about those. But in verse one, Jesus was talking to his disciples. They were like on their way. It kind of seems like to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus had this very long conversation with his disciples at this time. And you might be wondering how the disciples knew that Jesus was praying this prayer. Well, personally, I believe Jesus was still with his disciples at this point and was praying with them. And John obviously would have been there recording and remembering and listening to everything that uh, Jesus was saying here. So that's how we have this prayer. So it says in verse one that Jesus 
said all these things to his disciples, and then he lifted up his eyes to heaven. So there, it kind of implies that he was still with his disciples when he said this prayer. He said, Father, the time has come. If you haven't noticed, basically all throughout the Gospels, Jesus often says, my time has not yet come. I can't do this because my time hasn't come yet. But now Jesus says the time has come. This means that the time for Jesus to accomplish his goal for coming down to earth is now here. And obviously that goal was to die on the cross and save all of us from our sins. So he says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. This is kind of the idea that Jesus shares in the glory with God the Father. So when God the Father is glorified, obviously Jesus is also going to be glorified. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, so he will give eternal life to all whom you have given him. So when Jesus came down to earth, he had full and complete authority. You know that because he even had the authority to cast out demons. Even though Satan, the prince of this world, has the authority now, when Jesus was down here on earth, he had full authority, basically. And Jesus had the authority given to him by God the Father. So he says, you've given me authority over all flesh, so I will give eternal life to whom you have given to me, basically. And I mean, think about how humble that is. Jesus literally had the authority to come down to earth and like do anything he wanted to do. Anything he wanted to do. He could have set himself up as like a king. He could have given himself all the glory if he wanted to. And yet Jesus came down to earth to die. And that's what he says here. I have authority over everything. So I'm going to use that authority to go die on a cross. Think about how humble and powerful that statement really is. Then Jesus explains eternal life and what eternal life is in verse three. This is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God and him whom you sent, Jesus Christ. So eternal life isn't just us living forever, you know, in comfort and in paradise, but it's actually just knowing Jesus and knowing God the Father personally and intimately. The best part of going to heaven is having our purpose like totally fulfilled. Just a couple chapters before this in John 15, Jesus told his disciples that he was the vine and they were the branches. And that the purpose of the branches was to remain in the vine. Now, because of the sin nature and our own like sinful flesh is what Christians call it, <laughs> you know, the, the fleshly desires. Because of that, we have a really hard time fulfilling our purpose because we're constantly being led astray by really stupid things all the time. And Jesus had grace and, and continues to give us grace when we do that. So that's part of the pruning process that Jesus also talks about. He says, those whom I love and who belong to me, I prune. My father prunes so that they can basically grow into branches that produce a ton of fruit, right? So that's the idea is that the sin nature like corrupts us here on earth. God the father helps like prune that sin nature away so that we can thrive and bear fruit 
and fulfill our purpose of remaining in Christ. That's why people who don't remain in Christ are so miserable. I know a lot of people who will say that the problem with what's going on in Western culture right now is the fact that people don't know Jesus as their personal savior. And so because they don't know Jesus, they're miserable. And depression has never been higher than it is right now. And America has never been less religious than it is right now. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, eternal life and the joy of eternal life comes from personally knowing Jesus and God the Father. It's that personal relationship, and that's what's going to give us like a fulfilled and beautiful eternity, basically. Then in verse four, I glorified you on earth. I have accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Okay, so that's pretty self-explanatory. Jesus is about to accomplish what he came to do. Now, Father, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. This was the verse that really stood out to me. This right here shows, and actually the beginning of John also, John chapter one, where it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us is what John chapter one talks about. That word is Jesus and he existed with God the father before the world was even created. So this shows that Jesus was not created. That's actually a very common belief among a lot of Christians is that God the father created Jesus. But no, he existed with God the Father from well before the beginning of time. He has always existed and he always will exist because Jesus is God. And he existed before even the creation of the earth. And it actually says also in John that through Jesus, everything was made. So you can see at the very beginning of Genesis when the creation story is talked about, that the Holy Spirit is there, Jesus is there, and God the Father is there. So God the Father was like giving the directions, right? Jesus was fulfilling those directions, and he was helping create everything because everything was created through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit was gliding along the face of the waters at the very beginning of time. So that's where you can see the Trinity is actually at the very beginning of Genesis. The Trinity is talked about. But going back to verse five here of John chapter 17, it says, I had glory with you before the world even existed. Then in verse six, I revealed your name to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours and you have given them to me. So now Jesus kind of shifts his focus from glory to talking about his disciples, the people that God gave Jesus out of the world. He says, They were yours and you have given them to me. They have kept your word. Now they have known that all things, whatever you have given me are from you. For the words which you have given me, I have given them and they received them and they knew for sure that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. I pray for them. That's so beautiful. You know, Jesus prayed for his disciples right then and there. And I'm sure Jesus prayed for his disciples multiple times, actually. I mean, it always says in scripture that Jesus was going up to like secret places to pray. And we don't know what Jesus said when he went up to those places. But I'm sure he was talking about you, me, 
the disciples. I mean, if Jesus prays for all of us here in John chapter 17, why wouldn't he have prayed for us personally also when he went up to pray secretly to God the Father? Plus, on top of that, it says, I don't pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. So Jesus wasn't praying for the world because the world is condemned. Anybody who lives in the world is condemned. And what I mean by that is, you know, we all live in the world. But anybody who chooses the world and the things that you can receive in the world above Jesus is going to be condemned. That's kind of why Jesus tells his disciples not to be shocked when bad things happen to them, when persecutions happen. We shouldn't be shocked by these things because it's going to happen because the world is corrupt. The world hates Christianity. The world hates Jesus. The world wants to worship basically anything other than Jesus. So Jesus tells his disciples not to be shocked when bad things happen. However, Jesus has overcome the world. So that means that when Jesus returns again in the second coming, he is going to judge the world and everybody that was part of the world is going to be condemned and judged by Jesus. So Jesus doesn't pray for the world here because in a sense, there's not a need to pray for the world because the world already has its condemnation. You know, it already has its judgment, but there is a need to pray for Christians because the Christians need strength and we need hope and we need Jesus, honestly, and we need faith. And if we don't hold on to faith, then we're going to fall, obviously. And Jesus doesn't want that to happen. He wants everybody to remain in him. Just like we talked about with the vine and the branches, how people need to remain in Jesus. So that's what Jesus prays for. He says, I pray for them. I don't pray for the world, but for those whom you've given me, for they are yours. So everybody who belongs to Jesus also belongs to God the Father. We are God the Father's adopted children is what it says in scripture. So anybody who believes in Jesus, anybody who believes that we need a savior and we believe that savior is Jesus and that he rose again on the third day, those people have been adopted by God the Father and he's going to save us in the end. All the things that are mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. And once again, that's a concept of the Trinity. I am no more in the world but these are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them through your name, which you have given me that they may be one, even as we are. This concept of they may be one, even as we are. I can imagine that's talking about the body of Christ, you know, the church. The church is called the body of Christ. And Paul goes a lot more in depth with that when we start getting into uh, Paul's writings. He says that each person basically makes up a different part of the body. So like somebody could be a thumb, somebody could be a pinky finger, somebody could be an ear. <laughs> it's all analogies. But Paul's point in all of this is that there's not a part of the body that is better than a different part of the body. They all work together. They're all doing what they're supposed to be doing to make the body function. And in a sense, the entire body is one, right? Like my pinky finger is just as much a part of my body as my eyeball is. <laughs> 
I mean, it's part of my body, right? So the entire body of Christ or the church that makes up these individual members, parts of the body, should all be one. However, we don't see that a lot in church. There's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of problems. I just finished my interview with my sister and my brother-in-law, and they left the IFB denomination because there was a lot of problems with that denomination of church. Unfortunately, we see that way more often than, than we see like a healthy church, like working together uh, jointly to produce something wonderful. We don't see that a lot. And I think that's why a lot of people really hate the church, unfortunately, is because of all the drama and infighting. But Jesus prays. He prays that the people who are part of the body of Christ will be one, just as Jesus is one with the Father. All righty, guys. Well, we're going to talk about another portion of this prayer on Thursday. So please join in then. And if you liked today's episode and if you think somebody could use it, then share it to them or share it on your social media platforms. And while you're on social media, go over to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash P40 Ministries and like and follow the page. I do actually a lot of updates and news over there for the most part. And I'm very sorry if you guys find my personal Facebook page, I've gotten a handful of messages on it but I don't see them. A, because I'm rarely on my personal Facebook page and B, because I don't have Messenger. (laughs) So I will not get your messages. I just wanna throw that out there. So please, I'm asking all of you, if you want to stay updated with everything on Facebook, go over to P40 Ministries, the Facebook page, because I am actually much more likely to respond to you and see your stuff if you are on that page. But anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in today. I hope to see you all on Thursday and also tomorrow for an episode out of Joshua. Happy listening and God bless.